You are a Locked On Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Braves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. Grant McCauley, Jake Mastriani with you after a game in which the Braves, well, they just came up short in Milwaukee, 4-3, to the final score. It was a day of major league debuts. And that was one of the storylines happening at American Family Field. And we're going to talk all about the ones for the Braves. A rather notable one for the Milwaukee Brewers, as it turned out, and the 4-3 victory for Milwaukee that evened up this series at a game apiece, heading into Sunday's rubber match. And, of course, we'll preview that for you, too. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta here on YouTube. Click the bell to enable alerts every time we drop a new episode. Go ahead, leave us a comment. Click that like button if you wouldn't mind. That also helps out. And if you enjoy the Braves postcast, be sure to tell a friend. And, of course, be sure that you're subscribed to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcast. Jake, this was one of those games where it just felt like one big hit one way or another could really swing the momentum in this one. We saw the Braves going with a rookie pitcher. We saw the Brewers with a rookie hitter who also came up big in this game. And then we saw Forrest Wall, who was off to the races. A little bit of everything in this one, unfortunately for the Braves, not enough offense to pull it out. Yeah, frustrating game for the Braves offensively. You really just got the big home run from Austin Riley. Had plenty of base runners in here, just couldn't come up with that big hit, left the bases loaded to end the game. So a little bit frustrating there. But, yeah, interesting game for sure with all those debuts, Wynan, Freilich, uh, and Wall as well. Pretty interesting yeah. game. A little bit of everything. And you mentioned Austin Riley. He only homers on days at NNY now. So he was able to do that again. Let's jump inside the box score for this one. Unfortunately, again, the Braves come up a run short. They're 63 and 34 now. Three runs, seven hits, two errors. Eight men left the board, including, as Jake mentioned, the bases loaded in the ninth. We'll get to that. Brewers now 55 and 44. Four runs, eight hits, no errors, and six men left the board. Uh, Joel Piamps is the winner. He's four and one in relief. Joe Jimenez takes what I would describe in relief as a tough luck loss, and we'll, of course, get to that. He's 0-3. Devin Williams able to wriggle out of a jam. His 25th save closed it out. Two hours, 32 minutes, 39,707 on hand to see it. As I mentioned, we're going to get to a lot of different things here, but we got to start, uh, I think, with Alan Winans because this was part of the good for the Braves. I don't know that I really expected him to go beyond five innings. He went four and a third started to get into trouble as the Brewers got a few more looks at him, and I don't blame Atlanta for not trying to push him into that Milwaukee lineup a third time through. Two runs on five hits, a walk, five strikeouts, had the changeup working, looked pretty good, but again, I feel like he did as much as you could have asked on this night. What about you, Jake? Yeah, I thought it was a good start for him in his major league debut. Had the off-speed stuff working really well. Got some, uh, got 11 swings and misses on the night and got some weak contact as well. So I thought it was a really good start from him. As you mentioned, picked up those strikeouts. Thought it was also the right decision not to let him see that lineup a third time. Really, you know, best-case scenario, I think he would have gotten through the lineup twice through five innings, and you get him through that fifth inning. But unfortunately, just said, ran into a little bit of trouble there in that fifth inning, allowed a couple of runs. But Overall, for your major league debut, I thought this was a really impressive start from Alan Winans. Thought he had some good things in there that maybe he could build on. Yeah, I do too. And we'll see, you know, what he's able to do. I mean, the biggest thing is you go out there, you take care of business in the first one. Maybe you'll earn more opportunities. And we know that the Braves rotation has had no shortage of opportunities here. He's a 14th different starting pitcher for Atlanta in the 2023 season. And keep in mind, we have this was game number 97. So by my very simple math, 65 more games to go. And you've still only gotten five starts apiece from Max Fried and from Kyle Wright, who you hope to come back at some point. But there are some questions for this Braves rotation. Maybe Alan Winans, for whatever length of time, 
can help the Braves find some answers there. I did think he looked pretty good, and I did feel like the Braves made the right call going to the bullpen. Michael Tonkin, an inning and two-thirds, he allowed a run, a walk, a couple of strikeouts, a couple of hits allowed for him. Colin McHugh, a scoreless seventh. Then we got to the eighth inning, and Jake, I know we don't have a ton of Braves offense to get to other than the Riley home run, but it felt like plays were going to be big in the field. The Braves, and a bad decision, I think, by Orlando Arcia, that if he had to do over again, probably doesn't try to be quite as, um, I don't know, he just seemed like he gets kind of lost sight of where exactly he wanted to go to get an out that Joe Jimenez very much needed. What was your read on that play, and do you feel like maybe if Arcia, again, had to do it over again, he might play that one just a bit different. Obviously, a little bit of hindsight here. I'd love for him to go to first base and just yeah. get the out there, especially you already had one out. So you get the out at first, you got two outs, and then obviously, as the math goes, you just need one more to get out of it. But it was going to take a, a, a perfect throw almost, as you saw, in a tight window with the runner kind of going across his face there. I thought Adamas kind of you know slid on the outside part of the bag, maybe trying to mess up the throw mm-hmm. a little bit there as well. Smart play on his part. But it really was going to take you know a perfect throw and tag. You look at even where Riley was trying to catch it and tag it all in one motion because it was going to be that close already. If it's going to be that close, just take the out at first base. So I do think there's a little bit of a bad decision there by Arcia, who's made that play this year, you know, a couple yeah. of times already. But it also looked like he was kind of playing in that hole a little bit, which allowed Adamas to get a little further down the line there. And I think he, Adamas got a better jump on that ball and had a better break on it than maybe Arcia originally thought. But yeah. again, we're all sitting here judging it in hindsight. But I think the smarter play there with one out would have just been to take the out at first base and allow him as to get out of the inning with just one more out. Yeah, and that, that, of course, is what you want, is the opportunity to get out of the inning. I don't blame anybody for trying to make a play. And as you pointed out, Orlando Arcia has done that more than once this year and been able to catch a runner. But as you mentioned, it felt like kind of a perfect storm at third base where it was going to take the perfect throw, the perfect tag, and the uh, perfect timing, basically, to get that out when there was another one where I know you don't want to allow you know go-ahead run to get over and be 90 feet away from home where a wild pitch could score him as well if we're going to play the hindsight game or the what-if game. You have to put them all out there on the table. But either way, it allowed for, with one out, the runner Adamas to be at third base. And then Sal Freilich, we got to talk about him. We've kind of buried the lead here. As much as Alan Winans making his big league debut was a big deal on the Braves side, Freilich's major league debut for Milwaukee, three for three, two runs knocked in, including a sack fly to plate the go-ahead run, scored a run himself, and, man, he made himself back-to-back great catches early in the game to take extra bases away from Orlando Arcia and from Marcelo Zuna. And as we mentioned, every base runner, every hit that you got might mean something in this game. And Freilich was able to frustrate the Braves both in the field and at the plate on this night. The Braves have seen how calling up young top prospects can really rejuvenate a team. You know, not that the Brewers necessarily need it right now. They've been playing great baseball, but the Braves have seen that in the past, calling up a, a young stud like Sal Freilich is, depending on what outlet you look at, you know, top 30, top 40 prospect in all of baseball. So certainly mm-hmm. he brings some energy to that team. You saw it on this night couple of really good catches and then the hits as well he has some speed to his game too so uh, just great job by him put the ball in play there to Acuna in right field I thought maybe Acuna was going to come up and throw the runner out maybe not his best throw there kind of skid to the plate and uh, you know still pretty close but not his best throw overall but either way Freilich you know a great first night for him debut big league debut for him and unfortunately I mean hate to say it he kind of single-handedly beat the Braves in this one Yeah, he seemed to be the guy that in every spot that there was an opportunity where something had to happen or he just flat out made some stuff happen like those catches. But 
You mentioned Ronald's throw. It was, I believe, a two-hopper in. It got past Sean Murphy. I thought that they had a great chance to get him at the plate just based on Acuna's arm, but Adama's just enough speed. The throw kind of getting there at the same time, and for Murphy, unable to corral that. But again, you look at what opened the door for that inning, and it was the indecision. That's the word I was looking for earlier for Orlando Arcia, not being able to make that play at third base, allowing for the inning to keep on going. And as you talked about with the Brewers, they've been playing really good baseball. This is not the thunderous lineup like the Atlanta Braves have that on any given night might just explode for five runs in the first inning, but they do play fundamentally some pretty good baseball, and they're doing just enough offensively uh, with what their pitching staff can do that they've been able to you know, move themselves into first place, and that's really where you want to be around the time of year that you might do some buying and bring in some help. And, of course, the Braves are in that boat as well. Uh, looking at the Braves offensively, Austin Riley was the story again. He's two for four, the three-run homer that put the Braves on top. Six home runs in five games for Austin Riley, five in a row. That ties a Braves record last uh, accomplished by Ronald Acuna Jr. in 2018 with home runs in five straight games, 21 homers on the season. I mean, this guy, as we've talked about time and again here lately, has been the story for the Braves. And a rejuvenated Austin Riley means an awful lot for this club, and hopefully he can be part of the group that maybe carries his team for a little while as some of the other guys were the stories in April, May, and June. Maybe July is that month where Austin Riley gets things going in a big-time way. It looks like it so far. Certainly hope so. And I love the adjustment he made. You know, his first at bat with the runner on base, he struck out on a sinker, you know, barreling down and in on him. Next at bat, he kind of makes the adjustment. This one was left a little bit more over the plate where he could get to it, but still down. And he was able to get the bat down to the baseball and drive it out to left center field again with that big power. So good to see him kind of make that adjustment bat to bat at bat to at bat like that and come up with a big hit there for the Braves. Unfortunately, it was the only big hit of the night they were able to get. Yeah, unfortunately so. When you look at the ninth inning, the Braves, they had an opportunity against a guy who I believe may be the best closer in baseball. That, of course, is Devin Williams, who owns that pitch, the airbender. That's his changeup. We don't even really call it a changeup as much as I hear it called the airbender. And he was using it in that ninth inning as well. Marcelo Zuna with a strikeout, but Eddie Rosario, a one-out single. Forrest Wall then comes on. There's another major league debut for Eddie Rosario. And in the span of two pitches, Wall's all the way around to third base. He stole second. He stole third. That's exactly why the Braves brought him up was that premier speed. He gets over there. Orlando Arcia, unfortunately, unable to solve the riddle that is Devin Williams. He punches out for the second out. A Michael Harris walk. A Ronald Lacuna Jr. walk. It brought up Ozzie Albies and a strikeout into the game. But, you know, the Braves, they had their opportunity there. I'm, I'm not going to tell you that. You know, the strike zone was the only thing that really helped out Devin Williams, though it felt like it did a time or two. But it also, Jake, to me at least, felt like one of those nights where you just might get to Devin Williams until it wasn't. Yeah, unfortunately, Ozzy kind of got a little bit in swing mode there, which, again, going up against Devin Williams is tough. He threw a great 3-2 pitch uh, to uh, Orlando Arcee there to get him to strike out. That was just a really nasty pitch there with a runner on third and just one out. You mentioned Forrest Wall. I've talked about it before on the podcast. I think he's a real good candidate to make a potential postseason roster because of that speed. You mm -hmm. got to see it on this night. I mean, there was no chance for the catcher on e either of those stolen bases. So I think he is, could be a dangerous weapon, that Terrence Gore type guy who could be on a potential playoff roster. So good that we got to see him a little bit. We'll see how much more we see of him down the stretch there. But uh, good job by, you know, Michael Harris working that at bat, getting on base. 
Really would have loved to see an Acuna be the deciding factor there, but unfortunately kind of pitched around him, although threw him a 3-1 changeup right down the middle. I don't really understand if you were pitching around him why you do that, but would have loved to see an Acuna get something to hit there and become that deciding factor. But unfortunately, came down to Ozzy Albies, like I said, just a little bit of swing mode. We got a little swing happy there against Devin Williams. Wasn't able to put the ball in play there and make something happen. I think with two strikes, I mean, there's there's two different schools of thought here. Obviously, you know the movement that that changeup has, and you know that that's what Williams is going to want to do business on. You saw him throwing it, you know, behind in the count, trying to get back into it against, I believe, Harris and Acuna. So you weren't surprised to see him go into it once he got ahead of Ozzy Albies. And then as you're the hitter, well, you're you're kind of in defense mode. So maybe the swing was just kind of academic at that point. It was a tough at bat. You know that Ozzy was able to hit a couple of long and high fly balls down the right field line. You thought, okay, well, maybe he can, you know, square one of these things up and put it in a gap. But unfortunately, Williams up to the task of closing things out and getting out of the trouble that he was helping to put himself in by those couple of walks. So the Braves unable to play to run in the ninth. They fall a run short, 4-3 to three, that final score. Uh, one thing that we do in this podcast as we go through and kind of dissect all the things that go on in this game, you also have to take a look at the National League East standings. And I know as many people, Jake, as have been worried about the Braves coming back down to earth a bit here in the second half not playing quite as clean and crisp baseball as they were for about six or seven straight weeks in the month of June into July, right before the All-Star break. Well, the Miami Marlins have lost eight consecutive games as they fell again to the Colorado Rockies. The Cleveland Guardians, meanwhile, beat the Philadelphia Phillies one to nothing. Philadelphia has now lost four games in a row. So as much as we have looked at, and maybe there was some hand-wringing about the Braves opening the door for one or both of these clubs to creep back into the division race, it's still an 11 and a half game lead because the Braves have won just enough. And these two clubs chasing him have started to drop some games again. And it's been very helpful for the Braves who are looking to get some guys back from injury. Max Fried had a rehab start the other day. It sounds like he's going to have at least a one more and the Braves can afford to do that because they have this huge lead in the NL East and because nobody else is really pushing them at the moment. So again, I think it's afforded the Braves the opportunity to kind of not rush some of these guys back, but hopefully, you know, the Braves do get going playing good baseball again. That's what you want to be playing down the stretch and hopefully into the postseason. Yep, that is certainly their plan. We're going to preview game three of the series comes your way on Sunday after I tell you about our great sponsor, eBay Motors. That's who brings you this episode of the Braves postcast. And eBay Motors reminds you a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. And it's the same with your vehicle. For parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay guaranteed fit, ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and exclusions apply. As we look at game three of the series, Bryce Elder, he really needs a bounce back start. 14 runs he's been charged with, seven apiece in his last two outings. It's really taken the shine off what was a great first half of the season for him. He really needs a get right start. He's seven and two with 331 ERA. And I think, Jake, we're familiar with the guy Milwaukee's going to throw, Julio Tehran, two and four. He signed with the Brewers a little while back. He had a great start for them or got off to a great start and has kind of slowed down recently. But I think the Braves will still be pretty familiar with what Mr. Tehran has to offer. Yeah, interesting series that the Braves have had here, facing a lot of former teammates and William Contreras and Bryce Wilson and now Julio, Tur Julio Turan. So be interesting to see what he can do. Love Julio, Julio Turan and what he did for the Braves. He was one of my favorite pitchers while he was here. Really loved the work. Uh, like I said, that he had all those opening day starts, you know, yep. went to a lot of those opening days. Fun to see him pitch those and win, win several of them as well. So, uh, but hopefully the Braves can get to him. Hopefully they cannot strike out as much. Ten strikeouts against Adrian Hauser on Saturday, a guy that doesn't strike out a lot of hitters. So that's a bit unusual 
for this Braves lineup, who's actually been really good this year at limiting the strikeouts They're in the top 10 in terms of fewest strikeouts on the season. So hopefully they correct that on Sunday. You can get to Julio Tehran. And like you said, hopefully Bryce Elder can get back on a roll. Oh, one thing they won't have to deal with on Sunday, though, is Malachi Moore behind home plate. <laughs> because I feel like if Adrian Hauser had 10 strikeouts, well, he had an assist on at least a handful of those because certain pitches, they change the complexion of entire at-bats. And this may be, without question, one of the, the shakiest strike zones that I've seen all season long. I would say that if they won, I'm going to say it when they lost. It wasn't a thing that cost them the game because obviously the Brewers had to contend with some of this too. It was not fun to watch that. And hopefully uh, behind the plate tomorrow is a little bit more consistency and I'll leave it at that. At 2.10 p.m. Eastern time uh, is the finale at American Family Field with Bryce Elder and Julio Tehran locking up as the Braves and Brewers play the rubber match of this series. That'll wrap us up here on the Braves Postcast. As always, we appreciate you riding along with us. Make sure you subscribe to Locked On Sports Atlanta right here on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Braves wherever you get your podcasts. For Jake Mastroianni, I'm Grant McCauley. Once again, your final score, it was the Brewers 4 and the Braves 3. We'll be back after the finale, and until then, so long, everyone. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias, DC Lundberg, Ryan Finkelstein, Taylor Blake Ward, host of Locked On Yankees, Locked On Mariners, Locked On Mets, Locked On Angels, and you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 